Liverpool are now champions. Do we keep their assets? Hello FPL Surgery listeners, didn't have Marshall this game week, nor did I. Captain Bruno, we are sorry. On this episode, due to the quick turnaround in game weeks, we're going to try and make it a shorter pod than usual. We will talk about our reactions to the game that just passed. We'll go through the complications for the tough captaincy this game week, and then go through listener questions. Okay, welcome back listeners to the 174th episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We're recording on Thursday the 25th of June 2020. Iceman here again, back with my co-host Stefan. Don't fret, Stefan, I've made sure that this podcast environment is COVID friendly. You're very happy after Liverpool becoming the champions. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great now, James. Um, I have to say, this time around, the water mug is uh, switched out with uh, an ice-cold beer. <laughs> nice, nice. Celebrate. 30, yeah, sure. 31 years of waiting, and they never won the league since I started to follow Liverpool. So I'm got to say I'm very happy and a bit surprised. I didn't expect them City to, to lose today. Yeah, you must be ecstatic and... Uh... I'm sure we're going to hear quite a lot of that during the pod. <laughs> um, on this episode, we're joined by another regular to the surgery, Alex Waterbaby Ball. He has seven top 20k finishes, the highest being 3,026. Welcome back to the podcast, Alex. How's it going? Hello, boys. How's it going? Hey, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good. Uh, I had a question here from Captain Kingpin. It's just saying, how do you cope with being a Sheffield Wednesday fan? Is that like a dig? Yeah. <laughs> not very well. We're we're down to uh, we're down to fifteen. Like after after all our players get released at the end of July, we're down to fifteen regular players. Yeah, the the league are trying to take points off us, so we could be in the relegation zone. Um, so yeah, I think it's fair to say that this is probably the best place to be when you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan on the other side of the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it help that Sheffield United have lost and not doing very well at the moment? I'll be honest here. I, I actually don't mind. Like I, for me, I, I quite like having a Sheffield club in the in the um, in the Premier League. So no, I'm not. I, I actually take that approach to it, which I know a lot of Wednesday fans would disagree with. But <laughs> yeah, you take the, the nice route, probably, don't you? Yes, You're like exactly. the nicer, nicer supporter. Yeah, I definitely want to beat them when we play. Oh yeah, head. yeah, definitely. I just want to say uh, thank you to our, our patrons. Um, if you want to join our patron, it's patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. We've got to mention Andy Portlock, Vince Paul and Ron Frost pledging at the highest tier. So thank you to them. But we are going to move back to the topics now. Right, so reactions to the game week that's just passed. So I'm just going to list here a few key stats and quick sum up of how it's going. City are back firing as usual, even though they lost tonight against Chelsea. Liverpool have won the league and they're scoring goals again. Jimenez is still Mr. Consistent. United attack are very investable. Burnley keeping clean sheets after getting thrashed by City deep-throating. Who would have thought that Arsenal goalkeeper would have kept a clean sheet? And the stats, the biggest overachiever was Marshall scoring three from an XG of 1.32. The third most underachieving player was, according to the XG, was Doherty on 0.77, not getting a goal. 
the highest for shots this game week was Dominic Cabot-Loon with seven and Kane surprisingly just behind on six. The most chances created was Mane on five with Pogba and Grealish just behind on four each. The most BPS for strikers was Rashford. What are your thoughts on the game week just gone, Stefan? How, are you, how have you found it so far? First off, James, I think it's the beer, but uh, this time I caught your Mad Hatter <laughs> word of the week. <laughs> you're not, you're not meant to disclose that. You're not meant to disclose it. <laughs> yeah, it's a teaser for the yeah. other guys listening. They, they should li- listen closely. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, my team this this week, it uh, I ended up on 89 points, I think. Got some got some nine nice Pope points today, even though Aubameyang let me down again. So that's uh, four four games in a row he has let me down. So he needs to step up against Norwich, I think. Hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, if we're going to talk some teams and some games, uh, I think uh, we we were on to United last pod. I just think we fell to the obviously to the wrong player in Bruno Fernandes to captain, but both uh, Martial and Rashford and Pogba and it looked very good, and United seems to be a force to be reckoned with now. Yeah, I, I agree. Since we, I don't think we thought too much about how you know Pogba might affect Bruno there, which uh, I think we may find out he has for this game. But I may, you know, we need to find out more for the long run. What about you, then, Alex? What are your thoughts on the game we've just gone? Yeah, so about um, I think I'm going to end up on about 71 for the game week, um, and yeah, just just sort of holding holding steady at position. So. Um, I, I think, I think the Man United situation is the one that's got me thinking the most at the minute. I'm, I'm a currently a, a Maguire and Fernandez owner. Um, I haven't really checked the stats on the game, but I, I did watch it and, and I thought that, um, Fernandez still looked like he was getting in the right places. And I think you're right. It's, it's one of those. It was interesting. You, that stat you put forward, Iceman, about Martial being the biggest overperformer because, I mean, don't get me wrong. He played well. His finishes, finishing is superb. Um, but I thought on a different day, the goals could have gone to completely different people. It wasn't one of those ones where sometimes you see someone score three goals and you think, yep, they just dominant. They deserve that. You know, they could have had double that. Yeah. It just felt like he scored three goals from what seemed like three or four shots, which is typical Martial. But it, on a different day, I think Fernandez could have scored. Pogba could have scored. Rashford definitely could have. Greenwood looked exceptionally good. And this might be the thing that we find out is that, um, their, their players are exceptionally good value, so we've just got to jump in on them. But accept the fact on a different day, you might get a different person. You might have not have the right two or three players, depending on which ones you've got. I'm actually seriously contemplating, I won't do it this week, but um, but going for three attackers. So actually even selling Maguire, uh, going Fernandez, Rashford and Martial. Um, I just think it's the value that, that makes it worthwhile. So... That's something I'm, I've definitely got at the back of my mind. Um, rest of the, th- the um, from what I saw, I think Leicester are looking a little bit off the boil from an attacking point of view. Uh, they, they seem to have dived off a cliff uh, coming back. They don't seem to be very active at all in terms of their play. It just seems to be very placid. They don't seem to have got, 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 the, um, got their flow back. So I'm, I'm sort of thinking that, uh, uh, you know, their fixtures... I'm, just having a look now, but their fixtures I don't think are great. So, yeah, so they're Everton away, Crystal Palace home, Arsenal away, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United home, Tottenham away, Man United home. So they're a bit of a mixed bag, but I've got um, Barnes at the minute, and I think I'll probably hold him and bench him this week. But then after that, I'll probably be avoiding for the rest of the season. Yeah, so on Leicester, I agree with you, Alex. I think they looked extremely flat uh, the first couple of games. Um, 
And even uh, Barnes were on the bench last time, he, uh, as he has started pretty much every game before the break. And he has played a lot of minutes, but he wasn't too good in the first game, so maybe it makes sense to get him on the bench. But Vardy also doesn't look good. The whole Leicester team really doesn't look good. Um, I would be worried if I were Brendan Rodgers regarding fourth place now, with both Chelsea and Manchester United turning up uh, the volume. And if I can slightly just turn back on Manchester United, because if I were to pick captain from Manchester United again, say I would captain a player against Brighton the next game, I think I would have gone for Rashford. I think it's easy to be blinded by Martial's three goals, but they were sort of unexpected, whereas the, the positions Rashford came in and the, the chances he had, they're more like something I expect to happen when Rashford plays. And with Pogba back, he can ping those balls against the Rashford as well, so I think he... He can maybe be the best uh, pick from United at this current point. Uh, I think Bruno, he got lost. Maybe he, uh, the spots he usually takes up in the field was taken by Pogba. He, he seemed a bit like he couldn't settle in and figure out where he was about to go. So maybe that hurt him, or maybe he just had a day off. Yeah, it, it, could, really it could make, have been. Yeah. Because he's got to get used to playing with Pogba as well. I mean, I yeah. just, I know you want to know the stats on it, Alex, but Pogba got. Uh, four chances created in that game, whereas um, Bruno only got one. And then also, though, uh, Pogba was um, uh, for shots on goal. But I don't think Bruno, I think he got, no, he didn't get any shots on goal in that game. Whereas Martial got th- uh, four. I don't think, po- no, Pogba didn't get a shot on goal either. So that does go to show something that ha- might affect him. But yeah, he's not going to suddenly turn bad, is he? Maybe it was just an off game, like you say, so I, I agree with that. On Marshall, though, we were discussing it in Slack, and back, I think it was early stages, he was like one of the most consistent, like scoring nearly every game that he plays. So there is an element of he just seems to get a goal or assist or something in a game every so often. And I do, I would like to look at that in terms of Rashford and. Uh, Marshall in terms of who is more consistent but I think like you say with Rashford he does seem to be in those positions at the right time so maybe he has a higher ceiling than Marshall even though Marshall's just scored a hat trick yeah. but um, yeah. it, 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 you kind of feel like he's got a higher ceiling don't you? Yeah it was the first hat trick from Man United since 2013 Nistelroy or something if I read it correctly and Martial has never scored a hat-trick in his professional career. Maybe he scored one as a youth player or something. Oh, um, I'm not sure this is 100% correct, but I, I searched the internet quite quickly, and uh, I think it's correct. Yeah. So it's, this is not going to happen like every day. And I still think before the game, our decision to captain Bruno from the United players was okay, but uh, I guess we missed a trick with, uh, with Salah, James, but that uh, that's on us. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. when it comes to United, I think... Before this game, Bruno looked the best. After this game, Rashford, Martial, maybe a notch about Bruno. And let's see what happens in the next game, I guess. Well, I, I think um, the the sour thing was mainly due to that we didn't think that he was going to come on or get any minutes, so we were not sure whether he was going to start. But then we looked into it a bit further, found out that Matip came off injured, so Salah was meant to come on in that that game. There is a case of, um, now that Salah's back, you, you would think that he's going to start every game. They have low FA Cup and low Champions League, just the league and having fun. So it's war- warming up for next season then, really, isn't it? Yeah. But you're still wary whether or not he's going to start a full team each game. 
Yeah. What do you think, I, Alex? I think that um, I think from a Liverpool perspective, I mean, I've got Salah and TAA. I'm I'm not planning to sell immediately. I'm going to wait for this to see um, rotation to happen before I then start thinking. Okay, this is a thing. Because I, I kind of agree with you, you know, you, that would, this has been a thing at the back of my mind. Whenever anyone's talking about, oh, they're going to rotate once they've run the league. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they are definitely going to start. I mean, um, um, Klopp has already shown he's going to start bringing in the young, uh, the younger players, and, and you know, um, is it, and Milamino has been getting a few minutes and things like that. So I mean, that's definitely going to happen. And you know, Salah might get taken off on seventy minutes, and he might get the odd rest, but. I still think, you know, as was proved in that last game um, against Palace, which, I mean, Palace weren't particularly good, it has to be said. I mean, I saw a stat today that they didn't have, a, for the first time since Opta has been in operation, they're the first team ever not to have touched the ball in the opposition's penalty area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that gives an example of how poor they were. But equally, I, I still think that Salah and TAA will play the majority of minutes because they don't have anything else to be focusing on now. They've won the league. Yeah, maybe they'll take the, the foot off the throat a little bit and they, they, it maybe will be a little bit more, I, I don't want to say light-hearted, that's the wrong word, but maybe they won't be quite as um, dominant as they have been. But I still, you know, Klopp's not going to suddenly change things. He's, he's a man that has shown in the past that he believes he has to play his full-strength team. He can't rest wholesale, he rests his team. So um, I'm not saying that we don't need to watch out for it, but I would just be a little, I know a lot of people are jumping off these players. Um, I'm just going to wait and see, I think is my upshot. I mean, yeah. if you do, yeah. then, then, then more power to you because they're blooming expensive and you can spread that money a long way. The last game, uh, even with five subs, Salah stayed for the whole 90. Mm. Uh, even though we didn't play a minute against Everton. And it might be like that. Uh, even either Salah or Mane gets the full 90 or gets 85, 80 minutes. And imagine this team playing without any pressure, just to have fun, just to make great attacking football, show something to the world against Villa at home, or even Brighton or Burnley. It can be a lot of goals. So uh, part of me wants to just, after City, just captain Salah every game and... If he starts, great. If he doesn't start, okay. I had a few captain blanks this season anyway, so I think I, I'm too afraid to get these captain blanks as we as we look this this game week. I was too afraid of him not starting or him coming off early, and then suddenly he he could have exploded even more than he did with his 11 points. Yeah, and against yeah. Villa at Villa at home, that just that fixture is just. Ugh. It's tough to go without uh, Liverpool asset for that game. And even against City, Salah can do well, because at least that game, we know he's going to start. Yeah, because they, they, they've got a lot of rest in between, haven't they? They've got a week's rest, whereas City only get three days. So, yeah. yeah so they've got their next game against City is Friday the 3rd of July. Then they're playing Villa on Monday the 6th of July. Um, with So there's a decent break between. And I mean... They've won the league, so they're going to want to put out a strong team against City to, to you know, to prove a point. Yeah. And then with their first game at Anfield since winning the league. Now I know there's no fans in it, of course, but that's you know, um, I, I I don't think Klopp is going to be someone that's going to be like, oh well, I'll I'll drop my main players that have won me the league for the first game at Anfield. I mean, yeah, maybe Brighton away on Thursday, which is still four days later. Um, maybe you see a Salah or a, a Mane sit starting on the bench. Ooh, um, see, I, I mean, uh, you, you're saying that Salah is probably going to start the Man City game, which I think I agree with. I think they're going to start their best team. Two days later, they've got Villa, so you can see why they would rest a lot of players there. I think there, there are arguments either way on this one. 
It's not two days. He's fr- there's Friday the third, and then Monday the sixth. Oh, I see what you mean. So they got two days rest in between. Yeah. Yeah. Games. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But but still, Salah and Mane, they they don't need much rest. Remember, they play. How many times haven't they played uh, Premier League at the weekend, Champions League midweek, and then Premier League at the weekend again? And they yeah, barely yeah. get rotated any anyways, even either in the Champions League or in the Premier League. Mm. And Salah has gotten some more time. To, I think just the, the risk of Salah starting, I think that's the thing we should be worried about. Or Mane, for that matter. Like you say, okay, we don't need to focus on them, but okay, say if they start, if they both start against Austin Villa, that could be a major score Carnage, if you yeah. if you if you buy both of them. Yeah, well, I, I had both of them, but I've now um, already removed Mane. But I, I did have yeah. a thought about this, whether or not to keep them. I just thought they're playing Man City. That's probably going to be a good game. Man City are going to be tired as well from their FA Cup game. Uh, and you think that maybe that'd be a good game, but maybe not high scoring one um, and then after that you would think they'd be resting I don't think that Klopp's going to go into this and go right well we need to carry on playing all of our full strength team I think that he's going to play it down a little bit in terms of leaving one or two in terms of Mane or Salah out and then letting those youngsters start maybe allowing Oxley chamberlain to come in and play it further forward or something because he's always got next season to worry about and he doesn't want to He's, he's got a strong enough team to sub it all around. So I think that, that might happen. But as I, as I mentioned, there are arguments either way on this one. I don't think we're going to know until we know. I, I think no. for the Villa, you're probably, you're probably going to be all right. I just think that first game at Anfield, he will likely play his main team. I think he's the type of manager that would want to do that. Maybe he comes off early, but my gut feel is that you know you um that's what could happen that said i'm just looking at man united and they play that for that fixture 33 plus they play bournemouth at home so <laughs> i don't know it's kind of like there's there's equally as good a, a fixture uh, for manchester united so then you know right um martial rashford suddenly become op- options if you you are worried about salah rotation for for captaincy yeah. yeah, but it's it's the same discussion as this game week, really. It's all the same thing. Okay, Salah, it might not start, might not play the whole game. And then he goes and shows us uh, a great performance and Liverpool were just absolutely even more dominating than Man United. I think, yeah, I think the difference is with this game week is that the fact that they need to warm up and they need to you know, get ready to, to win the title, which they, they obviously did today. But they maybe thought that they would have to play City, so they have to be match-ready for it. So probably why Salah got quite a lot of the games. Well, there's a lot of uh, different aspects to it. Let's, let's move it on, but, though. Um, I think we've said enough about Liverpool now. Let's briefly yeah, talk about City, City yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're obviously backfiring. They, they, they won 5-0 against Burnley, and... But it was the assets of who to go for. Whereas you know Aguero's out now; he's he seems to be injured again, and uh, Jesus hasn't uh, started tonight. It was Sterling that started up front. Um, Mares is you know scoring well again. So it's who to go for, and whether or not it's going to be constant rotation towards the end of the season. What's your thoughts on this, Alex, and this City asset? Who do you have, and who do you want to keep, and anyone you want to bring in, like Foden or someone like that? So I've only got KDB at the minute, um, and I'm, I'm not going to be doing. I'm not going to be bringing anything, anyone in until probably 34 Newcastle home. Um, so it's going to give me another couple of games to assess. I, I think my gut feel for City is that they've got options at every price point in every position that you could probably go to. 
So um, for me, I'm probably still thinking I'll look at the midfield, um, and, I, and I'm kind of liking the idea of Foden just just for the price um, at, at maybe as a fifth midfielder to sort of have and then have a backup as um, midfielder if you can, you know, in case they. Oh, sorry, a backup attacking player to come in if you don't have them. Yeah, I, I do th- like. Mark- just a quick one on on Foden. Sorry, so he he had a knock, so he didn't actually play the last game. So he looks to be back for the the game after though. So there is there is a caveat to Foden there. Yep, yep, very true. I I don't think. I mean, he had a massive smile on his face after the game. So my gut feel is that, and he he played a large part in the two games before that. So I haven't seen anything from Klopp, uh, sorry, from um, Pep on it, but I I suspect he'll be back. Um, he'll be back next um, next game, but could be wrong. Um, I do like Mares. I think he's a good price point. Um, Pep has talked up his fitness. Uh, I watched the Chelsea game today, and again, he looked so dangerous. He hasn't got on the score sheet today, but really could have on a, on a different day. And I mean, Sterling hit the post as well. Sterling's a, a, another option. And, and for those people jumping off Salah um, or, or Mane, if they think that uh, now Klopp may rotate, I think going to one of those is a, is a, is a nice option. Um, they, I mean, the only thing with City is that Klopp has said that uh, like he said, the Newcastle FA Cup game on Saturday is or Sunday is is a is a cup final for them. So he is clearly um, focusing his attention now on on the FA Cup and on the Champions League. So therefore, I do wonder if if we will see sort of sort of wholesale rotation in there. So maybe the likes of Mares getting less minutes now that the league is officially out of reach for them uh, and second place looks pretty much cemented. Uh, but like I said, I think Foden will be getting a lot of minutes, and I think at 5.1 million or 5.2, whatever he is, I think uh, Foden could be a, a really, really great fourth or fifth midfielder that you just um, you have either rotating in and out, or you just just leave there with someone on the bench if needed. It could be a good gamble, yeah. What, what do you reckon, Stefan? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think you might as well just go for Foden as a cheap one uh, instead of just paying uh, seven million more for Sterling, for example. Because we don't know. I think Pep has a difficult task ahead of him. He needs to, of course, win the FA Cup. And he also needs to prepare his team for Champions League. So, And in addition to that, he needs to bring Foden into it. Because David Silva is uh, finished after this season. So how he's going to balance all this. And how City's motivation will be. Like how, how motivated can it be now. There's second well clear ahead of Leicester. And they have lost the league. It's it's tough to know how motivated they will be for the last league games, and the tricky part is the the fixtures are so good. Yeah, so you uh, some guys will score big from City pretty much every game. We just don't know who. Yeah, they, that makes it tricky. Yeah, and they've just got you know they've got so many games to play now, haven't they? And there are, there is going to be loads of rotations, so you can't be disappointed. But if you've got Foden in your team, it's you kind of hopeful that uh, he's going to play one of those games and if he doesn't you hope that he's not going to come on I mean you've got, you've got to take in mind that Sane looks like he's definitely off now so the yeah. likes of Mares Sterling who he does say can almost play nearly every game it does make them more a little bit more appealing because you know they have to play some players and I, I don't think they're going to ditch down to like the, the complete lower regions and bring in looking at the Midfielders on City, they've got Palmer and Doyle. Like they, they haven't played a minute yet. I'm not sure if they're going to bring in the likes of them. So it, there's part of me which just wants to go. 
sod it, I'll bring him Sterling game week 33 and just hope for the best and then even try and captain him and see what happens. But, you know, you're always going to take that risk with, with City, regardless of whether or not they've got loads of games or they haven't. I think go for the cheaper guys. If you go yeah. for the cheaper guys, the risk is not that big. No. Mares, Foden... But in, in my case, I'm without any City players uh, right now, and I think I will be without City players until probably game week 38, where they play Norwich at home, and I can use the information of who plays game week 37, and then just get a couple of guys in from City for 38, where they play Norwich. Yeah, yeah. I, I would just, I would, I would suspect, I would suspect most teams to play their strongest lineup in uh, game week 38 because there's no more games after that. There's a big uh, whole week ahead of that game week. Uh, but uh, it will be tough watching City for all those easy games without any assets. But uh, I can't have them all. And maybe I squeeze in a guy like Foden. But then I still need to bench someone else. Uh, it's tough. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy to go without them, to be fair. Yeah. Alex, what was you going to say there? I was just going to say, game week 38 would be David Silva's last game. He's bound to be on penalties. He's bound to in the centre of everything so if you've got a free transfer going into that last week I mean who's ever got free transfers but if you do <laughs> he might be quite a nice um, yeah. quite a nice differential for that, that last game yeah well, yeah. I'm going to move on now so we're going to move on to like topic number two so it is just the tough captaincy this game week so we're going to go a little bit more into depth on this so if you look at the great fixture planner by Ben Krellin that shows you the amount of rest each team get if you want to find Ben Krellin it's at Ben Krellin on Twitter this might actually help with your captaincy decision, but this podcast will almost be expired as soon as it goes out. As I think a lot will rely on who starts in the FA Cup games. We're not going to know that. Now, if you're not aware, listeners, the teams that play in the FA Cup will either have their games on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, so on Saturday, it's Man United versus Norwich. Sunday is Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Leicester versus Chelsea and Newcastle versus Man City. Uh, so now Arsenal only have two days rest. So that's how I see it. I know it's kind of calculated the um, exact amount of time between games, but I see it as the amount of days they actually get to rest or just train and like light train type of thing. So Arsenal only have two days rest uh, before they play Norwich on the Wednesday for game week 32. I know Aubameyang is going to be a captain option, so we'll talk about him a little bit more. Wolves and Villa only two days rest before they play each other, so uh, Himnes might be looking to get a brace against the tired Villa. Uh, United, they only get two days rest before they play Brighton, whereas Brighton get a week, so United assets might not be looking as juicy for the captain option. Uh, City only get three days rest before Liverpool game, and Liverpool get a week, so they now that they've uh, won the league, maybe they want to go out with a bang against City, so maybe they'll be captain options there. I know Spurs get a big rest before the Sheffield United game, whereas Sheffield United only get three days rest. So I I know that um, Game Week 33 also starts on the Saturday. So just a list to listeners, we will be podding on the Wednesday. So that'll be before Game Week 32 has even finished. But guys, what do you reckon on the captaincy then? I'm going to come to you first, uh, Stefan. There are, there are a few options, but I do think that going off what happens in the FA Cup is going to affect a few things. What do you think? Yeah, but the problem is we don't know anything about the FA Cup, like you like you said. Mm. The main thing is, if you own Aubameyang, I would captain Aubameyang. <laughs> okay, I think I think Alex said he hasn't gone for, 
he hasn't gone four games without a goal before. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's not hope he goes five. So I'm captaining Aubameyang, and I think it's the best option. Whether you bring Aubameyang in for basically one game week, I'm not sure. If you because you will need maybe a couple of transfers to be able to afford him, and you'll need a couple of transfers to redistribute the money from him the next game week. So that's a lot of free transfers. But if you own him, captain him, hope for the best. He should play 90 minutes. He plays 90 minutes in every single. Um, game in the Premier League so far except two I think one when he went off in the 77th minute and one where he got sent off and other than that 90 minutes and, and that should be uh, good enough for him to play against Norwich even though Arsenal also has the FA Cup game other than that with regards to Manchester United they are 5 points behind Chelsea and 6 points behind Leicester right now for the 4th and 3rd place and I'm pretty sure uh, Solskjaer will play his second team in the FA Cup. I- I'm almost positive Oof. he will focus on the top four. That's much more important than the FA Cup. So I, I wouldn't be worried about Rashford, Martial, Fernandes to start against Brighton. So if you have, say, Rashford, I would recommend him also as a captain option. Although maybe maybe not the best one. Yeah. Uh, as we, so the rotation, I don't think, is, a, is an issue. I, I don't I think, think it's yeah, a rotation. It would just be the amount of games and whether or not they get any rest. Yeah, yeah. I think they will get a rest, at least some of them. And those who don't get a rest, I, I guess they don't need a rest. Uh, against the Spurs, they are an interesting team. But I, I sort of think that Wilder and Sheffield United won't accept a cup, uh, another defeat like the one against Manchester United. With Henderson back, Egan back there, I think they will... Uh, make sure that uh, Tottenham have a hard time scoring a lot of goals. And Son, he, also in this game, um, the last game, he became a bit wide when Kane is back. Kane sort of plays a striker along with Ali or along with uh, Lamela later on in the game. And Son is not may- maybe not that great uh, paired up with Kane as uh, compared to when Kane was out and Son sometimes played on top. Yeah, I have I have heard um, James from Planet FPL, who watches nearly every Spurs game, say that Son has just not been playing well when he wasn't playing well towards the end of uh, towards the break, but he kept on scoring points and uh, he is playing out on the wing and he is playing against um, uh, Bulldog, I think. Uh, so he might have a, a tough game considering his new position, the way that he's doing it. So yeah, I, th- I think I agree with that. Mo- moving back to Aubameyang then, so. I just you're saying go for him, but don't bring him in and then get rid of him. I think the you, we were talking about this before in terms of distributing the money. Where I'm not, I'm not kind of sure whether or not the money needs to be distributed and it's going to affect your team in a majorly negative way. So just say Aubameyang's like a you know he's, what what is he at the moment? Eleven eleven million. You get rid of him for the likes of Rashford, so you've got like two million or something. Uh, in your in your bank, like you can use that money for the next game week. I don't feel like just because you can bring him in and then move him out straight away. I don't feel like that's a problem because that is something that I'm looking at doing. So who are you selling him for? So I will be bringing in Aubameyang for this game week for either Ings or Dominic Cavalier, and I'm not quite decided on that one. I think it's going to be Ings. 
And then I think I'll move him straight out for Rashford the next game week. Who are you selling to Pundit? Well, I've already sold Mane for Marshall. And I've got the two transfers this week. So, to me, that's a logical path to go. Yeah, except you're stuck with some money in the bank after game week 33. Yeah, but that's the thing. Why why is that an issue when you've got the players that you're going to want? Whereas game week 34, I can look at using that money straight up. That's that's where the the talk of having that money... Because um, Mikel has said this whilst he's talking to me about um, the players that she thinks I should bring in. I just think the argument is is that if that player, just say Rashford, if that player is valued at... Uh, what's he valued at at the moment? He is... 8.8. Yeah, 8.8. So technically, if he's going to score two goals in the next game week, he will be uh, virtually valued at like 11 mil because he's going to get a nice haul. Whereas in the next game week for Aubameyang, he might not be valued at 11 mil. He might be valued at 8.8 for that next game week. So that, you know, this is virtual money, which we're talking about, but it's about the next game week that goes ahead. So having that money in the bank, I don't feel like is a major issue. That's my just argument on that one. I don't know if you, what's your thoughts on it, Alex? Um, If you've got the transfer there uh, and you're going to captain him, then I'm, I would, I'd be happy to do it. Like I, I think I can see, I can definitely see both arguments, and, and there's no, it's one of those ones that there's no right or wrong. It's just the way you perceive the the use of the money. I, 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 I would want like I just because of the way I am, I quite like to have a plan with the money. So if you're going selling a bumiang to Rashford the week after, how can you use that money to upgrade? Now, like I said, that's just my personal view on it. I like to be able to go right. I'm selling. Um, this I'm going to have um, two and a half million in the bank. I'm therefore going to reinvest it for me in doing something like um, Barnes up to um, Martial or um, uh, who's the fellow that scored for Chelsea? Pulisic. Yeah, Pulisic. Um, so I, I quite like having that plan to, as to what I'm going to do with the money. But equally, the, um, Iceman, you 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 you. Your comment's completely correct. There's nothing wrong with having the money sat there in the bank. If your first eleven that you've got on the bench is doing a, is you're more than happy for that for that week. And you know, yeah. my argument often backfires because I sit there going, yes, I've managed to get it, and I've got zero point zero in the bank. So yes, I've managed to maximise my budget. And then the next week, when a player gets injured, and I'm zero point one short of the player that I'd like to replace him with, I'm sat there going, well, I wish I had a bit of money in the bank now. So <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think but, you're but- you're completely right to go with your approach there your your Pulisic out there is something which I have looked at as a, a future transfer in terms of what I could take out uh, with that money which I would uh, have from Aubameyang to Rashford the next game week I would then be able to go um, Louise to Pulisic and then he plays uh, Crystal Palace so uh, the, the, but that's just in my thoughts it's just something which I, I you know I can always change it type of thing but there are different options, but I like to have many plans as I go forward, but and then just you know choose the one as I go. Any further thoughts yep. on that one, Stefan? Uh, oh, it's okay. I I have this. I, I have Aubameyang, and I have two free transfers that I plan to use in gaming thirty-three to redistribute my funds. So yeah. that's the difference. That's why I wouldn't have spent the two transfers to get him in because I would just be stuck with one. But we can all agree that Aubameyang is good this week, and Rashford for Aubameyang next week is uh, great. 
yeah. should be at least. <laughs> yeah. So, what about you then, Alex? So, we're going to go to yeah. What other options there are for? What's your thoughts on the Aubameyang captaincy? You sound like you're going to do it. Thoughts on anyone else in terms of Jimenez or um, United asset? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. I, I watched the game today, um, and I, I'm just hoping he doesn't start against in the FA Cup at the weekend. I'll be, I'll be second guessing myself. What was if, if he if does do. then? What was if he does? Are you oh, still going for it? Do you know what? I'd be tempted to sell for Rashford. I'll probably wait and see out the, the comments, um, and I'll probably end up just holding him. Um, but right. there's part of me that just thinks that oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd be gutted if he plays a large portion against in the FA Cup. I, I'm hopeful he doesn't because he has played three games in a row now in quite quick succession. So I'm hoping he, he gets the rest there with the idea of um, com- coming back to the league. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I just don't know. I'd, I'd want to see what. Um, See what Arteta says after the game about you know how people are feeling um, and, and what he's got on offer. Um, I think the main part is the, the the deadline is before Arsenal play, so we won't know. The, the thing things to know is right now Arsenal played a decent game today. Aubameyang could easily have some points. He plays ninety minutes pretty much every game in the Premier League. He's the captain. Why would we doubt him to start against Norwich? Yeah, no, no, that's a great point, Stefan. I think you've, you've nailed it there. I'd, I'd totally forgotten, of course, that the deadline is first. So, yeah, in fact, I'm just going to go Aubameyang and leave it at that. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to worry about it. Yeah, of course, we won't know anything beforehand. I'd, I'd totally forgotten that. So, yeah, all good. Aubameyang, captain for me. Um, if I didn't have him, um, would I bring him in like you are? Oh, I, I don't think I would, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't <laughs> think his ownership is high enough to, to worry about it. Um, I would probably look just going straight to Rashford and save myself the, the transfer, but that's that's just me. I did think he looked, um, and Arsenal as a team looked a lot better today against Southampton. I was actually pleasantly surprised, and I feel a little bit gutted as an Aubameyang owner that I came away with no points because I think on a different day he gets two goals and an assist. I, I, think, I think you're over Captain Rashford. Yeah. If you if you would have bring him in, brought him in. That uh, depends on how much game time he gets in the FA Cup, doesn't it? Uh, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know before the deadline, so you need to you need to make a choice right now. Yeah, but I think if you if you just want to get a secure starter, Jimenez is of course a secure starter. But I watched um, the game last night uh, with half an eye because I watched two games at the same time, uh, and. I was looking mainly at Jimenez, but also at Jota, which I own. And I think Wolves, I would have expected more against Bournemouth. Like you said, James, in Game Week 33, United play Bournemouth at home, and that is like an ideal fixture. But for Wolves, these ideal fixtures aren't really that good. They're not capable of just pinning a team down and creating chance after chance after chance. They create quite few chances, even against the likes of Bournemouth. So I'm I like them against Villa, but I don't expect uh, Wolverhampton to score three goals, and I don't expect uh, Jimenez to score more than one goal. And to be fair, he has scored one goal of just a few shots in the last two games, so I'm uh, I'm not sure I would captain him. I would much rather just go for the safe pick, maybe, which is Salah. He, you know, we're going to play. Liverpool is going to want to show show the whole world that they are the champions. Manchester City maybe are a bit deflated. Salah can make the run that Pulisic made today, and uh, hopefully he he'll get something. He's probably the safest pick, isn't he, um, Salah? Because yeah. you know he's going to play that type of thing. And I mean, even with Jimenez, like he's playing two days after the 
the Wolves get. I mean, he normally plays every game, like we've said, but there's always he has missed one game or so every so often. So there's always that in the back of mind. United, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I would be more worried about Wolves as a team being tired. Mm. Not exactly Jimenez, but uh, Chota keeps coming off early. Traore went off like in seventy fifth minutes or something. He he may be he may be not played ninety minutes. So I think Wolves as a team might be starting to get a bit tired, and that will hurt their output. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't think that game will be uh, easy two three nil victory for Wolverhampton. We'll see, but uh, I suspect there are other places to go for the captaincy. Just take the. The one goal and the seven, eight, nine points from him and this, if it happens, and be happy with it. Yeah. Right, let's let's move it on then. Listener questions. Our first one here is from the hitman from Slack. He's saying, is going big at the back the way to go? Who would your top five defenders to pick between now and the end of the season? Obvious and template ones now seem to be TAA, Dotti, Aurier, but the last two slots are very much up for grabs. Stefan, I'm going to come to you first on this one. I would uh, put in Van Dijk because I think Liverpool doesn't have too much uh, options at centre-back now with Matip out and Van Dijk can easily play all the games. And uh, I, I would like to go for your guy, James. Van Bissaka. <laughs> he, he's uh, starting to get some good crosses in so and some easy fixtures so he will be get some clean sheets and maybe uh, another assist. Uh, how the tables have turned, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Now, I think uh, Wan Bissaka is probably going to be one of mine. I, I, <laughs> because I'm determined not to have TAA all season because I'm a nutter, uh, I think I'd have uh, Van Dijk in that spot. And then I would think about Aspilicueta. Chelsea got some pretty decent games towards the end of the season. Played well against City tonight. What are your thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, I, I think you've nailed the ones that, that I would have gone for. Um, I do like um, Aspilicueta. I've heard a stat that he's missed... Oh ridiculously few minutes uh, throughout the season. Now, he is getting on a little bit, so whether we do see him miss a game before mm. the end of the season, I think it's likely, but that that could happen to anyone. Um, I actually think that you can actually drop down, and there's some really good options at sort of around, well, below the 4.5 um, million that I'd still be happy to start. So Taylor at Burnley, I think, is a great option. Uh, Kiko Pemenia, I think, is a good option at 4.2. He's, he's a little bit of a hamstring Issue that always seems to nag him, but I think he's he's worth a look. Um, Holgate, I think at Everton, I think they'll they'll keep some clean sheets before the end of the season, and he's only four point three million. So I'd be sort of you know that was kind of like the the old school FPL template way of doing it was you know you had a couple of big hitters and then two or three you you know cheaper players that you rotated around during the um, due to the fixtures, and I quite like the idea of doing that again. I think you know you could definitely go with three that you just pretty much start the whole time and then. Um, as um, as was suggested, maybe we go to four at the back, and you just have a rotating spot for that those that last one. Which is, I've got Doherty, Alexander Arnold, and Maguire. I, I'm tempted to sell Maguire for Aurea just so I can go for the the um, Man United triple up and attack. And then I've got Taylor and uh, Kiko Firmino as my last two, and I'm, I could just rotate them in at the minute. I'm starting Taylor this week um, over Barnes. So yeah, that's that's I quite like that idea. I um, and I think Aspilicueta is a, is a good shout. Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of looking past him and not really thinking about him. So I would uh, consider that one uh, the hitman, Paddy. Right, so uh, just, just to go over, Maguire, did, he scored from a corner, didn't he, in the last game? Yeah. Am I wrong with that? Yeah. But it was ruled out for a push on Jagielka. 
Yeah, Bruno yeah. assist that would have been as well. Yeah. So as a player and Bruno captain, so that uh, that's felt good. So speaking yeah. of Bruno, we do have a question from Matt Hatta from Slack as well. He's saying, is Bruno less attractive as an FPL player now that Pogba is back and sharing some of his attacking duty? Does having both of them in the United squad make Marshall more of an attractive prospect? What do you reckon on this, Stefan? We spoke about it. Yeah, it might, yeah it might be, but uh, to be uh, certain, we need to give them a bit more time, I think. Yeah. See how they figure things out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Anything more to add on this, Alex? No, only thing, just think of a defender, uh, Dinia, look at Dinia, there's another option at Everton if you want to spend a bit more. Oh, yeah. But no, I've got nothing on the menu question. Yeah, fair. We'll move on to Abdullah's question from Slack as well. He said, would City assets be more attractive than Liverpool's once the title is won? Now the title has been won. Abdullah, so City have restarted on fire. They weren't on fire tonight, though, against Chelsea. Was that Anything to, to go by, though? What do you reckon, Stefan? Um, I don't think City assets are more attra- attractive now because I would think Liverpool is actually more motivated than City at this point. Yeah. Uh, imagine uh, Liverpool players feeling like I do now. I'm very excited, and even though I might not show it too much, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm buzzing, and I imagine the Liverpool players also are buzzing and just waiting to get out there and show the world uh, how to play some great football. Whereas City, ah, they want to go and hide, don't they? Just <laughs> get it over with. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a bit deflating, even since they even since they lost the game, they sort sort of lost the title now in, instead of Liverpool winning it. So, Rubbing um, into the that, City fans there, Stefan. Yeah, but it might have some effect on FPL. I, I can feel your smugness. Just feel it yeah. through, through the mic. I, yeah. I'm very smug. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what do you reckon then? The City assets and more attractive? Yes, yeah, I haven't got much to add beyond what we discussed earlier on in the yeah. pod. I think that the, the key thing for me that I just, just was looking at then is there's seven games remaining. I'm kind of of the opinion that I'm just going to sort of Stick with what I've got for the next two, and then for the last five games, hopefully get some answers over the, those two two next fixtures uh, as to who might be good options, and then um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to make the call from there. So I'm definitely not selling Salah or Alexander Arnold before those two, the next two, and then I'll make the call beyond that. And I think, uh, I, I, to be honest, I think my gut feel is, and, and maybe this is why I've struggled for the last couple of seasons. Uh, my gut feel is I'll probably just hold them through to the end, which is. Maybe the the play is to go aggressive and focus. You know, have that Salah spot as a as almost a floating player. You just bring in for a for a fixture of a, a you know a nice if a, if a team has got a really nice fixture, you bring in that heavy hitter for that game, and then you rotate it out again. You know, and so you could bring Salah back in and then go for Sterling for a game, and then bring in I don't know Aubameyang or or a, another Man United attacker or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to assess after the next two. Yeah. Okay. Right, next question here is from uh, Kiwi Nick underscore FPL at. Uh, uh, so he's saying three United, three Liverpool, KDB, and who else? I think you could probably gauge it from the rest of the pod, uh, Kiwi Nick, who else probably to go for. But uh, name some essentials, Alex, uh, that you would definitely put in with those three United, three Liverpool, and KDB. Jimenez? Yeah, I think Jimenez, uh, for me, Doherty, uh, I think is a, is a great pick. Um, I, I don't think there's, I think, you know, you've pretty much covered all the players that I would consider definitely having. I think 
Um, tripling up on Man United, and again, you know, as we've discussed through the pod, it's kind of difficult to know exactly which way to go with that. But I think um, tripling up on Man United beyond this game week looks a really, really good thing to do. They they just look brilliant. They look like the team that have come out of the traps fastest. Yeah. Um, I've I've gone for double. Uh, Wolves at the back, and I, I quite like that for the rest of the season. Like I think, you know, they they look like they are going to be quite a tight team. And again, it's the budget that you can save by doing that. So, um, yeah. But beyond what we've already discussed, or, or and Nick's mentioned there, I think we've we'll, you've pretty much nailed them all. Yeah. Any further thoughts on that, Stefan? Anyone else to add? I, st- I still like Calvert Lewin for the running. Hmm. Yeah, I good chance. It's going to be a, a great asset. And I was all for Saar, but watching uh, Watford today, ah, not not very attractive anymore. Uh-huh. I'll give him some more games, but I think both him and Watford looked uh, terrible today. Yeah. yeah. Okay, another question is from Wolf in a Cave. Uh, saying, what is the most that you would pay for a TAA next season? Apparently, I wouldn't pay anything because I just don't want to get him in my team, apparently. But what, what, what would you pay for him? What was the most that you would pay, Stefan? Um, I think I would pay 9.5 9.5 yeah he's above uh, Vardy at the moment I think he's got more points than Vardy so and he's the top scoring striker Uh, what about you Alex yeah probably around the same I think I mean he's he's virtually he's he's in touching distance of Salah and Mane and you know we captain those players you know week in week out and then like this week when we didn't captain Salah we're all regretting the fact we didn't but you know Alexander Arnold I think I saw Heskibo on Twitter had done it uh, and maybe I'm sure a few others did but you know it didn't like even for me I was sure he was going to play didn't really even consider it because it's back to that idea of it's a defender whereas I don't think it is a defender anymore if if they classify him as a defender again next season you're basically getting a a well-priced midfielder that is also getting clean sheet points and getting a lot of bonuses because of the clean sheet points being added in as a consideration. So I just don't, yeah, like I said, up to, you know, if, if Salah was nine and a half million, we would say that's ridiculous next season. So yeah. why not think the same way for Alexander-Arnold, who can, yeah. can actually get defensive points as well? Yeah, he is actually equal with Mane, so he's matching what Mane <laughs> provides. Uh, so why have you not got him in your team, I for Who knows, hey? Um, I think we're going to leave it at that for the um, questions for now. I'm just going to pop off for the Iceman's piss. I'm not going to pop off, but I'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back from the Arsenal's Pitch Break. We're just going to quickly talk about partner chat. So, Mikhail Tokvam's algorithm. He's looked at my team. He, I told him what my proposed moves were. Mane to Marshall and Ings to Orber. And he says, it aren't the greatest according to the algorithm. But with a wild card intact, of course, your thinking might be very short term. By a solid approach for going on, your defence got obvious troubles <laughs> and need upgrading for one of the dead bodies, like Tendanga. Uh, ten I could go to Doherty, which would improve the BCP by 0.31 alone, and the best funding would be to do KDB or Mane to Marshall, which I have already done. So I could change my decision on the Aubameyang captaincy. It does depend how I feel 
<laughs> closer to the weekend, but I was thinking to bring him in and captain him. If you want to know more from uh, Mikel, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer album for just $1.50. So we are partnered with Fancy Football Hub as well, and they've got a trial offer at the moment. So go sign up there, fancyfootballhub.co.uk. And we're partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles 1 on Twitter, providing some great drawings on our tweet for this pod. So we're going to move on to Traptons now, transfers and captains. I think you two are both going for a Bamiyang for captain. Uh, what about your transfers, uh, Alex? Uh, I'm rolling. You're rolling? Okay. What about yep. you, Stefan? Uh, I've got two, so I, I can't roll. And I will probably just take out Jota, even though we play Aston Villa, and bring in Calvert-Lewin. Uh, those, uh, I like, like a minutes. future move, is it? Yeah, but I still like it for this game. Like, I like 90 minutes of Calvert-Lewin more than 59 minutes, maybe, of Jota. Yeah, Who no. knows if he even starts. He didn't do anything last game. Yeah, and you're on Aubameyang, aren't you? Yep, Aubameyang. Yeah. And, yeah, and I just thought, you know, you, you know, we were talking earlier about like whether you bring in Uber for a week now or not. Are you planning to wildcard straight after this, or are you holding your wildcard for a few weeks still? No, I was planning to do it after next week. So not us, so if that makes any sense. But that's yeah. not hundred percent yet. <laughs> With the wildcard, James, I would spend the two free transfers now, Oba and wildcard in thirty-three. No yeah, doubt. I- that as well. I think I would, you know, I think as soon as you mentioned your wildcard, I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I would be yeah. very tempted by the Uber move and then wildcard out of it. That, that is know? an option. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't gone into too much thought about it. What I know is that I was going to do the Aubameyang move and then either go Rashford or wildcard or then wildcard the week after. So loads of options for me. I have lots of thinking to do. I think with the wild card in my back pocket, I would definitely be a lot keener on the Aubameyang move. Because I think, like you said, you've got the option of, you do the moves this week, you get Aubameyang in, you, um, you, uh, you captain him, then you either just move to Rashford and delay it a week, if you have with your team and you don't have injuries, or you've got the wild card in your back pocket just to tidy up the whole team. Yeah. I would be tempted to wild card sooner though, just because it gives you longer to, to, to reap the benefits of it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Lots to, lots to think about. I'm quite undecided on that. (laughs) Um, Our feedback box for this week is FPL underscore auto underscore pick. It's a very good pod again. We'll start certainly providing good advice on how not to let FPL ruin your day. I went through a uh, a philosophical thing at the start of last pod, 12 minutes of that. Let me know what you think of that. Right, so just going to give Alexa's afterthoughts. If you bear with me, I didn't have it ready. I never do for some reason. I just completely forget, but I will play it now. Alexa, what's up, home slice? All good this then, Matt Hatter. How are you? Well... Stop. Nobody cares. Oh. I hear it's your anniversary today. Congratulations. Nine years married and she still hasn't mentioned your tiny penis. Love really must be blind. This game week has seen Vardy vanish into thin air, Bruno frustrating some managers, and Martial giving other managers a massive stalk on. Apart from Matata, who could only muster a miniature version, which inevitably only lasted a few seconds. What must she see in you? My captain pick for next game week is Salah. He'll be up for that match, trust me. Anyway, that's all from me. Let's leave Matt Hatter to get back to his anniversary and satisfying his wife. Lol. Good luck, everyone. And up the pod. Up the pod. <laughs> that, that was, in fact, Darren's very cute 
daughter Molly, who coincidentally, coincidentally now has the same name as my niece, who was newly born today at 6.15am, also called Molly. Congratulations, James. Thank you very much. Thank you. We do have uh, one more question. So, um, Captain Kingping is saying, do you prefer dogs or cats, Alex? Um, okay, so I've got a long answer for this one, even though it's possibly the shortest one out there. <laughs> um, so, we've had no luck. With, with, my wife and I are both dog people, but over the last three years, we've managed to, in totally different houses, in do- totally different places, lose two dogs and a cat, all hit by cars. And one of them, we literally live in the middle of nowhere, and the cat had to go and find the road to actually get itself run over on. It was miles away. Um, so we've, but we do love dogs, but we've kind of gone away from the facts of that. So we've now got a cat that is deaf. And because it's deaf, when we get, it's a rescue cat. And, um, they, um, they said the cat's never allowed outside because when, a deaf cat, when it's outside, they, they got no sense of danger. So they just, they just freak out. So it's an indoor cat. Oh, wow. And we were like, well, with our track record of pets, that's probably a good thing. Um, and so now we're, we're cat people, even though probably I would say if I had the choice, I would be a dog person. Well, that's interesting. We don't let you own any animals because they just tend to run in front of cars. Is that exactly? Well, the funny thing is, our three-year-old, we, we literally got this deaf cat back, and our three-year-old was driving her ride on, which is like one of those Fred Flintstone things. And I turned around and saw Louis the cat was in the boot, so she put him in the boot, <laughs> and he jumped at the back, and then she reversed over him, oh, and wow. I was like. We're going to kill a cat in a house. Yeah, that's, run that's scary. That's scary. You're like, you are a little bit cursed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what about you then, Stefan? Uh, I probably pissed off a bit uh, of people now who have been, been smug about Liverpool winning the title, so I'm <laughs> going to piss off some more and saying uh, I, I really don't like dogs at all. Oh. I, have, I have no fondness for dogs, wow. but I do like cats, and we have a cat uh, at uh, our house. And I had cats all... Ever since I was young, I have had cats, but dogs can't stand them. Wow. I, I'm i offended myself, Stefan, because yeah. <laughs> I'm a massive dog person. Um, cats just tend to have uh, the attitude of they don't give a crap about you. And uh, <laughs> it does depend what cat you get, I know, um, but most of them just don't really care deep down they just want it's all selfish whereas dogs love you undivided attention no matter what so i'm a massive fan of dogs i do like i do like how we've spent more time discussing cats and dogs than we have (laughs) (laughs) that is true that is true well thanks for coming on alex really appreciate you uh coming on today um what is uh where can people contact you and get hold of you Uh, so best place to find me is on uh, on Twitter, which is at Alex Waterbaby. And you do uh, FPL Geek stuff still, the FPL Geek site? Yeah, yeah, I do do a contributors article on on um, Geek. So just putting my team up each week, and I actually did. <laughs> this is my second pod of the day because I did the pod for him uh, this morning pod for Johnson. So, um, so that, that was cool. Yeah, my pod pod slut. There you go. Um, um, you can get an Alexa's afterthought about me being a complete pod slut afterwards. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, well, yeah g- generally just just kicking around on Twitter or or, or the, your Patreon page is always good. 
Oh, yeah. uh, sorry, you're on Slack page. That's right. Yeah, uh, thanks again. So if, if you liked what you heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery and there's access to the Slack channel there. The league is uh, cccjk2. We're on fplsurgery.com and you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter at FPL surgery. And you can also email me info at fplsurgery.com. Good luck again in your game weeks, everyone. And Stefan? Up the pod, James. Up the pod. Up the pod. <laughs> nice.